0: Welcome to Erotically Neurotic, a sexy book club podcast. Join us as we take a deep dive into the world of romance and erotic fiction, and have candid and hilarious conversations about sex, sexuality, and hidden fantasies. Please note that each of our
1: episodes will contain explicit content and language, and lots of spoilers, so please listen at your own discretion.
0: Now grab your books and vibrators, and welcome to the club.
1: Erotic. Neurotic, erotic, neurotic, erotic, neurotic,
0: erotically neurotic. (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome.
1: We're just just stealing from all (laughs)
0: welcome 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 to armchair expert
1: just kidding this is the
0: sexier armchair (laughs) expert yes exactly (laughs) guys welcome to episode 7 of erotically neurotic i'm Kayla. i'm amanda we're excited to have you listening today
1: yeah and just listen to us uh, misappropriate (laughs) everyone else's material
0: and then ship it off as our own Isn't that just the sincerest form of flattery? I think it's the American way. Exactly. (laughs) Today we're going to be discussing It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey. Oh, I'm so excited. Same. Okay, not even making this up. We had a friend text us today and she said, you guys, I am so excited. I had stopped reading, you know, erotic books for a while and I'm finally reading the best one. It's called "It Happened One Summer," <laughs> and we just laughed and we said, uh, "We're we're actually recording about that book tonight." Yeah, so uh-huh. we're glad that we're all on the same page here. Yes, and I think yeah. that means cosmically this was supposed to happen.
1: Ugh, it's just written in the stars. Written in the stars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Amanda, tell us your Rosenthorn. Okay, so I have,
1: I mean, I'll tell you my Rosenthorn, but I really have been wanting to tell you this story Ooh. for like since I, my so just honeymoon. tell me your story okay well so my roses that I had my honeymoon in Italy and it was just like amazing and I loved every second of it and the food was fantastic and like I posted on Instagram Pompeii was just like covered in
0: dicks <laughs> <laughs> I literally never left harder in my life
1: like literally they were just they just you they just love dicks like dicks I guess represented fertility they used the um, the symbol of a dick in the road to point to where brothels were. I mean, like those Pompeians were like little freaks, and <laughs> I loved them. You fit right in. Yeah, I loved it so much. Uh, but <laughs> this, is, this is like a great example of a how pervy my brain is, and b how fucking stupid I am. Okay. So my husband and I at one point were walking around the Basilica, and at this point I had gotten like a little antsy. Like I we had gone to the Vatican. I was very well behaved. Like I really held it together. Um, and I, I was just, like, pretty hyper at this point. So we were reading this book about popes consecrating um, different sites. And in my dumbass mind, I started giggling. And he was like, what are you laughing at? And I was like, well, anytime I read that a pope is consecrating something, I think of how people consecrate their marriage through sex. So I just picture the pope, like, jerking off on a site and he didn't say anything and then he looked over at me and he goes (laughs) goes, are you thinking of the word consummate (laughs) how people consummate a marriage (laughs) just like died in the middle of the basilica like
0: yeah i sure was yeah but you know (laughs) my mind in your mind you were in a different place I don't speak Italian <laughs> you don't deal with popes on the know, God, come on and honestly doesn't it kind of sound like them to just like jerk off on topic? I mean <laughs> based on I what, wasn't shocked based on our religious knowledge <laughs> our real dearth of
1: religious knowledge <laughs> but I that was like day two of my vacation I was like fuck I have to wait Eight more days to tell us to Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> that I mix up con- consummate and consecrate. <laughs> um, I love you for that even more than Thank I loved you before. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then my thorn is just like I have brutal jet lag. Yes, terrible. Yeah.
0: Well, I was trying to think of a rose and thorn, and I really don't have any. But <laughs> I had two stories I wanted to tell you. Okay, great. And I feel like they are the rose and thorn too. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So I am on this secret facebook group for some more like taboo romances we'll talk about it more another day but i decided like why not try a book that people are recommending that had some more you know kind of out there scenarios um and (laughs) there's this character and i just thought it was fascinating she once went out with a guy who was obviously into certain things one of which was he had different sized like steel rods, like li- like small, I like, think, like I don't know. I'm, I'm imagining pencil. I light. know exactly what you're about to say. And he liked to stick them in his urethra. There's a the name for that. What? It's called <gasps> sounding. You should make sure up. this is correct. I think it's called but sounding. Of course, I mean I know it's called a urethra, but for the you know for this podcast, I would just like to say pee hole because I think it just makes more <laughs> sense. <laughs> It's also just sexier. And I guess he would like to, like, continue up and up and up in sizes to stretch this hole. And he asked her to stick her finger in there, to which <gasps> she declined. Uh-huh. Um, but I have never heard of such a thing. Yeah. But it was a real rose for me. That is a real <laughs> rose. <laughs> I just
1: wonder, like, I mean, that's a thing, right? So it must be sexually but mm,
0: i'm not sure if but... must is the right word amanda i'm not sure that's true
1: i maybe think maybe psychologically <laughs>
0: something's happening yeah to put a fingy up a pee hole okay sometimes you say words <laughs> which
1: one fingy <laughs> that's the upsetting part of what yeah. we just said <laughs> please
0: say the word finger and then say pee hole I can't. <laughs> Proper sounding etiquette. Can you imagine? And it reminded me of the podcast you had me listen to, Dying for Sex. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, everyone should listen to. It's really Ugh. great. It's about two best friends and one is dying of cancer and she goes on basically this big sexual exploration journey mm-hmm. and she encounters men with wild fetishes and she just kind of relishes in trying it all because why the hell not? But even this wasn't one that she discovered. Yeah, she did not sound. No. No. Mm. Oh, so that's what it's called? Sounding. Yeah. Why the fuck do you know that?
1: Well, why do I know anything? I know. <laughs> Just life, experiences, mm. podcasts. So you I, stuck
0: your finger I, <laughs> in a pee hole, is what you're saying?
1: Uh, I don't need to answer that question. <laughs> no, I've never oh. stuck my finger thank you in a pee p-hole but i think I, I used to listen to dan we're really just promoting podcasts yeah uh dan savage's podcast yes. savage love and savage love that that's what i learned
0: podcast. about yeah i learned about sounding there yeah i bet they've heard of us they should promote us <laughs> <laughs> he's one of our 11 subscribers <laughs> <laughs> No, we're up to 23 are we i mean i think that's like pretty great i think that's pretty great i love that number Can you study a a second story? Okay, Okay, so this one's about a friend. We'll call her Tracy, just in case I use that name. (laughs) So, she's been waiting. She's essentially, you know, like boyfriend, girlfriend with this guy, but he hasn't, like, technically asked her, said that. She's Mm. kind of waiting. And so they had sex the other night, and he got some cum in her hair. So she was, like, trying to clean it off, and... He said, he's like, I'm Googling, like how to get jizz out of your girlfriend's hair. (laughs) And she's like, what word did you use? And you know, he was like, "Uh, girlfriend? I don't know, what do you want me to like write in there? Like how to get jizz out of a random girl's hair, blah, blah, blah. They didn't follow up. Meanwhile, what she's telling me is like, I know this was my opportunity to kind of bring up like what we were, but I couldn't imagine telling all of our friends the story of becoming boyfriend and girlfriend (laughs) was about him Googling jizz in my hair. And I was like, Tracy, you just missed the best opportunity of your life because that's the greatest story I've ever heard. It's the most romantic story I've It's ever. the it's the best heard. It's the best dinner table story I've ever heard <laughs> is to tell everyone you became official because of the cum in your hair. Yeah. And I'm a little disappointed. I, that's, yeah. And in my head, I'll always remember that as your moment, even if... You tell the world otherwise. <laughs> because We will be telling the story Because technically he did use the word girlfriend.
1: I thought she was upset by his use of the word jizz. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, No, that's fine. That's like pretty pretty typical.
0: Uh, jizz in the hair. Yeah, just but in how the hair. cute that he googled it instead how of just adorable. like adorable. I I mean just water, right? I mean I don't know. Have you ever told on the podcast your favorite dinner table story? No, but we are so full of good stories today, and I think we should save that for another episode when we're, like, not feeling it. Okay, fair. (laughs) So we will get to that one day. But for now, I think we should tell everyone about It Happened One Summer. Yes. So
1: um, as we've said before, today we were doing It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey, who is, like, a very prolific um, erotica writer with some, um, I'd almost call them, like, romantic comedies. Like, yeah. there's some romance, but, like, they're
0: pretty fucking funny. I know. I, re- I agree. I think they're kind of rom commy. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, it happened one summer. It made me laugh out loud so many times. And this is the second time I've read it, too. Yeah. Like, it's pretty hilarious.
0: I have to, so, yeah, this is the second time I read it also. And I enjoyed it even more the second time. Me, too. I honestly did. Yeah. You know what was
1: funny? I noticed, um... The first time I read it, I think I said this in the last podcast, that this was kind of my gateway book, you know? Because it looks all cute and rom com and yep. then it gets, like, real and sexy it gets real quick. But I remember the first time I read it, I was like, oh, his dirty talk is so nasty. Oh my god.
0: That is one of the points. That's one of the notes I made is <laughs> oh. that they are both excellent dirty talkers. Yes.
1: But I remember being so, like, taken aback by it, and now, two years later, we're both just like... <laughs>
0: Uh seen that thirty thousand times. Yeah, like, what is this? PG? I like Geez.
1: <laughs> um, but I was like, Oh, he said pussy that was the first <laughs> time. And I'm like, eh, that's but you know nothing. What?
0: The way he said it, it did something to me. It did a little something. It to did me a little well. something. Okay.
1: Um, so this It Happened One Summer is a little bit of a, like a fish out of water story, plus an enemies to lovers romantic comedy. So the main three characters we really need to care about for this synopsis are Piper, Brendan, and Hannah, who is Piper's sister, okay? So the story starts with Piper, a rich, seemingly out-of-touch socialite known for her wealth, style, and party girl ways. Think Alexis from Shit's Creek meets Paris Hilton. Piper gets publicly dumped by her boyfriend at a party for being quote-unquote shallow and stupid and frankly, like, that scene made me so sad. <laughs> like, it was so cruel to her. It was, it was cruel. Um, so in an effort to get ahead of this story of public humiliation, Piper and her shitty friend Kirby decide to throw a massive and very illegal rager at a hotel pool, which ultimately results in her getting arrested. After getting bailed out by her younger sister, Hannah, Piper is confronted by her stepfather, who is a movie producer and a bigwig in the entertainment industry, and he is furious that she once again has publicly embarrassed him and the family, and furthermore compromised a massive deal he had with the owners of the hotel that she had crashed. So to teach her a lesson about responsibility, I think it's like a little obtuse, to be honest, Um, instead of allowing the legal system to enforce a valid and appropriate punishment for breaking so many laws, he decides instead to send her to Westport, Oregon, which is a small fishing town where she and her sister were born and raised for the first few years of their lives until the tragic death of their father, who worked as a fisherman. So she was told that she needed to fend for herself for three months in a town that, like, in all reality, sounded pretty adorable. Um, but I guess rich people consider it slumming with coastal folk, so... He chose it. That's the punishment. That's her act of contrition. Like, go to this cute resort town. Um, and Hannah, her sister, decides to go with her for emotional support. So this girl, Piper, who never had a job in her life, who's only been a party girl, suddenly has to, like, kind of fend for herself. Um, their stepfather reveals that the their deceased father had left them the deed to the bar and attached apartment that he owned. So um, this is where they're dropped off, and this is where they're forced to live. However, as soon as they arrive, they learn that the bar has not been taken care of and that the locals have essentially squatted in it and turned it into a secret bar slash locals hangout. One of the locals who frequents this shithole is Brendan, a hunky bearded and very grumpy ship captain. He immediately makes his distaste for Piper known by giving her a hard, we don't take kindly to you city folk vibes. Um, and of course, we know from the rip that there is some serious chemistry between them, even if it initially shows up as a mutual hatred for one another, despite a less than warm welcome from Brandon and the other locals. Okay. His name is Brandon. I will be calling him Brandon <laughs> I always have this issue with this name and it's not going to change. Today. Doesn't oh, Great. <laughs> yeah, after all these books with like crazy fantasy names, I like know. I can't tackle <laughs> Brendan. <laughs> so just fucking bear with me. Um, so despite the less than warm, warm welcome from Brendan and the other locals, not to mention the vile rat infested apartment they're stuck in, both Piper and Hannah remain determined to complete the three months. I think Tessa Bailey does such a good job of making the reader fall in love with Piper Um, who continually balances being a bit of an airhead with also being incredibly charming self-effacing kind and hilarious Um, she starts to ingratiate herself with the locals even reconnecting with a grandmother she didn't know she had um, as well as a few other adorable characters over time Brenda begins to appreciate these qualities too not to mention he gets a lot of miscellaneous erections which (laughs) we know i love (laughs) Um, So he starts to make concerted efforts to be kinder and more welcoming. In fact, when Piper and Hannah decide to clean up and renovate the old bar to prove how hard-working they are um, to their stepfather, again, like, really not a real consequence for breaking the law, but, like, we'll go with it, Brendan agrees to help, and this is where their chemistry really starts to heat up. Um, Side note, that Instagram scene... Where he creates an Instagram to like connect with her and they all give him shit because he like doesn't have a profile picture, doesn't have any followers and only follows her. And they're all like, oh, dude, no, like
0: you fucked it up.
1: That had me howling.
0: I was laughing so hard. It's the sweetest thing I've ever heard in my life. It really is. And that is the exact man I want. Someone who is not on social media, has no idea, and he's like, okay, whatever, but I want to see pictures of her. Uh (laughs) I mean, I love you, Brendan. Yeah. I thought that was just like so fucking
1: cute. Agreed. Um, So over time, the dynamics of their relationship turns from friendly to full-on sexy flirtation. And finally, after several will-they-won't-they moments, the two have their first date and it gets steamy. Mm,
0: mm, Tessa mm. can write the shit out of a sex scene. Honestly, the dirty talk in this book did it for me because you know know what it is? Usually... One of the characters is the dirty talker, mm-hmm. almost always the male, and the female's like, Oh my god, like. <laughs> <laughs> and what I loved about this is both of them I thought were so great, yeah. And I love how Piper calls him Captain. Oh, oh, yeah, fuck, yeah. give me gooseys. I know, okay, okay, no, that time is a out. Thing. Absolutely is a not. Thing. Honestly, I'm cringing. <laughs> Goosebumps. Say the you full word. You are such a word police. Say the fucking full word. I won't. I won't. I love how give it's up like? Goosies. I don't cringe at like jizz. Come <laughs> eat her ass. But I'm like gooseys. <laughs> eat her ass. <laughs> well, he she, he does all these exclamations.
1: Jizz, <laughs> come eat her ass. <laughs> <laughs> Just Next say year that. on Broadway. <laughs> I the cum guzzling. I was meant for the stage. The cum- <laughs> <laughs> oh, Okay. Okay. So they start having sex and they're dating. Whatever. Great. A major dilemma in their fledgling relationship is that Piper does not want to commit to anything serious as she plans on returning to LA to restore her socialite status and save her reputation. Therefore, she does everything she possibly can to keep their relationship pretty light and carefree. Brendan, on the other hand, takes relationships really seriously, given that he's a widower and doesn't hope open his heart to people easily. So the push and pull of sex and intimacy between them becomes a theme throughout the book, with Piper feeling pretty ambivalent about giving up the only life she knew, even though it wasn't a fulfilling life, it's all she knows, right? So giving up this life for a new one in Westport as a ship captain's wife or girlfriend. Um, and Brandon, Brendan feeling insecure about not being good enough for her or not being able to compare uh, with the fancy rich guys in L.A. So eventually, as the three months come to an end, they're both forced to address the question of the future of their relationship. And boy, do those waters become choppy. <laughs> Insert other nautical puns about rough waters representing tumult in a relationship. Yes. <laughs> So if you want to know how this salty love story works out, (laughs) we highly recommend pausing here, reading the book, and then coming back for the book club questions. Yes. Wow, that was really great.
0: Thank you so much. You and your puns. Thank you so much.
1: (laughs) Clearly, I know a lot about um, the nautical life. You do, I'm like. Waves.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They really made waves. (laughs) God damn
1: it. (laughs) It was right there too it
0: was right at the tip I of your tongue almost googled nautical puns oh my like, god I, gotta, I love you i, I can't believe you didn't google that and you just <laughs> did that on your own i'm very impressed with you thank you <laughs> okay great job let's get into the book club questions let's do it so tell me did you find yourself relating to any of the characters i would say we have piper the fashionista influencer kind of wild child socialite mm-hmm. we have brendan the gruff fisherman who loves his routine and is pretty set in his ways, or Hannah, who is Piper's younger sister. She's obsessed with music, clearly, pretty dedicated to her older sister to go with her on this three month journey. Um, and otherwise, we don't know anything about her. <laughs> I
1: know, really. Like, <laughs> Hannah, like, we get it. She really likes records. Yeah,
0: like, you're a music Solid. snob. We know. Yeah.
1: Got it. But even, like, the music she's a snob about is, like, pretty mainstream
0: music. It's like Fleetwood Mac. I'm like, um... <laughs> she's like, this is a real deep cut. I know. I'm like, is it?
1: Um, in a lot of ways, I don't relate to anyone in this story. Yeah. Um, I guess if I had to relate to any of them, I mean, given my, um, consummate and <laughs> consecrate, I'm like a little piper sometimes. <laughs> I can be, like, dumb as shit. Um... But then I'm really like a routine-oriented person. Like You're a Brand- Brendan. Brendan. I'm you're, a little bit of
0: a Brendan. You're a Brendan.
1: <laughs> such a Brendan.
0: <laughs> Not because you're gruff. You know why I think you're Brendan? Okay, one, I agree that you like your routines. You're a pretty yeah. routine person. Mm-hmm. But two, something that you will just fall in love with Brendan about is that he reads through Piper like a book. He mm. sees exactly when she's trying to use her body And her flirtatiousness and being sexy to keep it at an arm's distance. And he's like, no, that's not what's happening here. We like each other. Tear down those walls. Like, he doesn't let her get away with her usual shtick. And I feel like that's you. Like, whether it's me or your husband or your other friends, you're like, I can tell something's going on. Like, what's happening here? Oh, that's really
1: nice. Yeah.
0: I like that comparison. Yeah, so I think you're a Brendan. Also, I have a huge hog. (laughs)
1: Constantly straining against my
0: jeans. <laughs> if only. If only. <laughs> if only our relationship would just be a l- that much different.
1: <laughs> That's really sweet, though. Thank yeah, you. I'll you take that welcome. compliment.
0: And let me guess I'm Piper to you. <laughs>
1: No, I would actually say you've got some Hannah vibes. Not wait, I'm sorry, that's even worse. <laughs> she's made a gagging face. No, okay, your description of Hannah is like she's boring as shit and she likes music. Yeah. But Hannah didn't have to go. That's Hannah's true. like a really, really good support system. And true. she's a very selfless person. And I think you're a really committed supportive friend. And I think you're really selfless. Thank you. You're welcome. And
0: you like music. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Well, look at us. But you're also a hardcore Piper. <laughs> <laughs> Except not in like the influencer, social type. No, type, neither of us. But just that. like a high maintenance. <laughs> yes, you're <laughs> very <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. Only a little bit. But in a charming way, like I Piper know. is high maintenance, but in a really charming. Exactly. Way. Like she can't help it. She she grew up like that. So it's her parents' fault. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a Piper thing to
1: say. <laughs> Also, how about Brenda talks about her, like, high-maintenance pussy when they're having sex?
0: Oh, my God. Honestly, <gasps> I'm so into it. I know.
1: I know. I'm like, if someone said that to me, I'd be like, book. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I but know. also, like, please don't uh, personify my pussy.
0: But... And yet, in the book, you're like, that's yes. right. Get that high-maintenance <laughs> pussy. <laughs> oh, so good. I know. Now I'm just reading... The different sex scenes I took notes on and I'm just so... Do you need to
1: take a little break? Oh, God, I love it. Okay. There was one that when I wrote the list of sex scenes, I started
0: to get a little jolty as I was <laughs> typing a synopsis of the scene. I mean, it's an issue. Yeah. All right, let's it's move just on. It's so good. Next question. Okay. Do you think you would last a night, or even more, in a mouse-infested, bunk-bedded loft above a bar? What's the most disgusting place you've ever stayed in for a night? <laughs> And I know you know the answer to mine. Yes. Oh, I'm really excited <laughs> for you to tell yours. Um,
1: Yeah. I mean, for, well, the, the mouse is tough because they they crawl up onto beds. Um, like, no. in college, I lived in so many apartments um, where there were cockroaches. Like, that was just, like, standard, right? That little skitter sound you just kind of get used to because you're, like, you know, in, outside of Boston, like, everyone lives in shitty areas when you're in, in college. I don't care about the bed, the bunk bed. That, again, in college, I didn't have a bunk bed, but my boyfriend had a bunk bed at the time. Um, And he had a bunk bed that didn't have the side um, railing railing thing. So just, like, open to the world to roll out. Very dangerous. Yeah. (laughs) Did not enjoy that one very much. I always made him sleep on the outside. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, That's, like, freshman year chivalry. Like, you sleep on the outside of your bunk bed, I sleep on the inside. Um... But I think I could last one night. I think I could do a night there. Yeah. I'm going to say I wouldn't. (laughs) The grossest place I've ever stayed? I mean, what I can... Oh, I have one. I once... um, I was on a date with a guy... um, I'm not going to say what number date it was because I was sleeping over. <laughs> it was a long-term relationship. It was yeah. The second date. And um, he was a little bit younger than me. I had just gotten out of a long-term relationship and was kind of like, you know, enjoying it. And his room was so filthy and it had like this odor to it. Oh my God. And I, I couldn't that. quite pinpoint it. But at this point, like I went over to his place after work. So it was late. I was tired. We watched the Lion King. I was like, I just want to go to bed. I'm just going to try to pass out. I'm sorry. What the fuck
0: are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? You went over to this guy's house on a second date after work and watched the fucking Lion King while his house had an odor. What are you talking about? Isn't that weird? This is the weirdest thing I've ever I had never seen the Lion King,
1: so we decided to watch it. <gasps> <gasps> This is not okay. Uh, looking back on it, I think I fell for a little shtick of like, oh, I've never seen The Lion King. You want to come over and watch it? Except I came over and I was very serious about <laughs> watching it. Like, don't touch me. This is my favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I, I didn't sleep at all because of the sound. And then I ended up getting strep throat. and I, Or the smell, rather. And I ended up getting strep. And I realized that the smell was um, molt. Ew. That his something, whether it was his fan, his clothes, there was mold in it, and it ended up giving me that's
0: disgusting. Um, I hope you did not have a third date. We did, but that's the second. That's another story. Okay, because it was it. the third and final. Okay, yeah, save that for the next yeah. time. That's disgusting. Yeah, that was vile. Um, the worst place I've stayed was with you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me rephrase. <laughs> Not at Amanda's house, but Amanda and I went on a trip to, was it St. George? St. George. And um, we stayed at a disgusting motel that, the real kicker of it all, the bathroom was carpeted. Yeah. Was. Let me repeat, the bathroom at this motel had fucking shag motherfucking carpet. It was, it was shag. And you got a little upset when I was like, what is this piece of shit? I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. But when you look back on it, I think that's when you're like, all right, Kayla was right. (laughs) No, I think I got upset when we went to get dinner.
1: It was at like a Red Lion Lodge or whatever that those motels are called. Yeah. And there was a Mexican rush out there and someone had their birthday party there and you turned to me and you said... If I ever celebrate my birthday at a Red Lion Lodge, fucking kill me. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a pool! It's <laughs> like right next to it. So it smelled like chlorine That's as you're so eating disgusting. tacos? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but I stand by that. <laughs>
0: that was uh, a memory. <laughs>
1: i think i went on like a classist diatribe about that you did and And you know what it's so fucking funny
0: i appreciated it and you weren't wrong but i also wasn't wrong (laughs) and if that doesn't tell you that i'm a piper i don't know what does
1: (laughs) oh my god i am a a brendan i fucking don't even know his name jesus same thing brendan brandon whatever yeah okay it's like the same as like john j-o-n and john j-o-h-n To me, Brendan
0: and Brandon's literally the same name, just spelled differently. (laughs) Okay, next question. What did you think of Piper's journey to self-discovery, and did you relate to it at all? Oh, I love this question. So
1: when she's kind of, I know at one point in the story, she's kind of like talking about her own ambivalence about like, you know, I can kind of be this like down and dirty girl girl. And like hang with the Westport people. But I also am this like fashionista socialite icon. And Brendan is like, well, which one are you? And she says, both, I think. She said after a pause, I like dressing to the nines and being admired. And I like shopping and dancing and being pampered and complimented. Does that make me a bad person? And I kind of loved that because it was like, it wasn't like this storyline where she realized like being this, like, rich, entitled socialite makes her bad, and now she needs to be, like, um, a more humble version of herself. Yeah. Instead, it was, like, embracing, like, no, I'm actually complex. Like, yeah. I can like these, quote-unquote, vain um, or superficial things, because that brings me joy. Yeah. Yeah. But I also can connect with people on a real level and, like, get my hands a little dirty. Agreed. So I, I actually really liked her self-discovery. It was really empowering to kind of embrace who she is and re- realize what she's capable of. Yeah. Um. Instead of, like, breaking her down
0: and then building her back up in a different image. Agreed. I remember that passage really well, too, because I had the same thought. And I, I really liked that she, you know, could admit. That she likes the attention. She mm-hmm. likes compliments. Because unlike most people, I think, who wouldn't really feel comfortable saying that out loud. Like, you're posting on Instagram because you want to get likes. And you want people to think you have this great life and that you look good. Yeah. Like, most people aren't posting these shitty photos of themselves. And, like, when they're having a mental breakdown, which <laughs> all of us do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I really liked that. And I just... I, I loved it. I mean, the only... Maybe kind of negative, I would say, is that I think a lot of her kind of journey to self-discovery was also through Brendan, mm-hmm. which is is normal, but you yeah. also are like, okay, would you have ever have gotten there without a man? Yeah. So is that a true journey to self-discovery? Mm-hmm. But I would say it passes. Yeah. I mean, I think like, and if I can be maybe like a little bit vulnerable here to
1: answer the second part of the question, do I relate? I actually relate in that way Mm. that prior to meeting my husband and feeling the security in that relationship, I, I was very insecure and I was very focused on like, how can I be appealing to men? How can I find a boyfriend? How can I, um, you know, kind of always head on a swivel? Like, how am I being perceived? Yeah. Um. I think that again, that's just from dating a bunch of narcissists and not feeling good enough. Um. But the security in my relationship with my husband, I think, that mixed with the independence in our relationship, kind of allowed me to do, you know, engage in a lot of self discovery and and um, kind of find ways to empower myself as, uh, as a as a solo person. Even though I'm in a relationship, I didn't feel like you know, that stress of like, oh, I have to be a certain way or look a certain way, I could actually really start to self-reflect and pursue my own passions um, without giving a fuck of what other people think. That's so great. I mean, I still care to a certain yeah. extent, right? Like like we all do. Yeah. I don't, I'm not posting the, the ugly pictures of myself on Instagram when I went to Italy, but like it's not as performative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: What do you think? Do you feel like your relationship with your I mean you guys have been together for a long time do you feel like that has shaped who you
0: are do you feel like you were mostly fully formed and then the relationship just added oh such a good question I mean yeah we've been together eight years and I met him when I was 23 so Mm. you know that's definitely young yeah um but at the same time I remember being like oh my god like when the fuck am I going to meet my person like even at age 23, which yeah. you look back on, and you're like, oh my God, you had so much life to I live. Know, you a know a what baby I mean? Maybe at 23. It's wild, but I definitely felt like I was my own person. Mm-hmm. Granted, but you're always changing and growing. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I did feel like I was for sure my own person, but have I changed in the last decade? Oh, 100%. God. Yeah. And, you know, luckily we've just both grown together. You know, they kind of say, You want to grow together, not grow apart, Mm -hmm. which I think is so true because both of us are constantly changing, but are we changing together Mm -hmm. or are we changing and growing separately? Yeah. So, um, I'm definitely, you know, not the same as when I was 23, that's for sure. But I feel like I was, I was pretty in my own. You had like a good foundation. I had a good foundation in myself, definitely. Especially just like already having, you know, a career, living on Mm -hmm. my own, like, I felt, I felt very established before I mm-hmm. met him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, would you say this is an enemies to lovers trope or a fish out of water trope? And what is your favorite trope? Oh, um, I think it's
1: both. Okay. I think it's a, a fish out of water. I mean, it just reminded me so much of Shit's Creek. Yes. In the same way that um, her other book, Window Shopping, which I think is less good. But the sex scenes are fantastic. Okay. Um, window shopping was very much Ted Lasso. And I feel like the way they came out, Shits Creek was very big. And then Ted Lasso. So I feel like Tessa Bailey just writes erotica based on whatever TV show she's watching. Which I'm here for. I love, I love it. I love television shows. Um, but I think it was both. I think it was um, Fish Out of Water. But you know what? I feel like it's pretty light on the enemies to lovers. I gonna say it's
0: very light on the enemies yeah. to lovers. I
1: like that they didn't. I actually thought it was cute that they didn't um, beat that plot line over the head. Like it really was just like one salty interaction and then he
0: warmed up fairly quickly. And then just followed by many salty interactions. (laughs) Nailed it! God, you're good. God, you're good.
1: (laughs) And then my favorite trope is I think enemies to lovers. Because it just like... There's just so much chemistry from the rip. Yeah. That like your blood is like heated, mm. you know, from the get-go. When they're like besties to
0: lovers. Ugh, disgusting. The chemistry. <laughs> disgusting. Best friends to romantic partners, no. <laughs> we don't care. There was too much love there. We need... We need- I,
1: I mean, yeah, I need like a little bit more of a
0: challenge. Yeah, 100%. I don't want someone to just be like accepted, you know. Yep. They need to earn that love. Earn that dick. Okay, this is interesting. I'm Googling like common romantic tropes and one of them is... <laughs> Rich versus poor slash unequal social status. I'm God, sorry. that's
1: so hot. That's like, why is that sexy? <laughs> well, I mean, the trope you like is like,
0: well semi-rape,
1: non-consensual gangbang. And you're like, oh, rich to poor, you know what? what's wrong don't, with people? Don't knock
0: it till you try it, Amanda. <laughs> I was going to say my favorite trope is like love triangle, but really it's just reverse harem, like four guys, one girl. <laughs>
1: That was like the other night you were like, oh, I'm reading this great book. You would love it. It's reverse harem. You like that, right? I was like, I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> <laughs> you have gone so deep into this world.
0: Get with the lingo. Okay. <laughs> but I do. I love enemies to lovers. Um, I kind of like forbidden relationships or kind mm-hmm. of like forced proximity tropes. Yeah. And then it yeah. happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say this is more of a fish out of water trope, light on the enemies to lovers. Yeah, agreed. Okay. We're doing it? (laughs) We're doing it. Our favorite (sighs) sex scene. And this is challenging. This one's tough. This is tough. Um,
1: I mean, there's just so much that I appreciate about each of the sex scenes, but I think I'm going to have to go with the first one. Because there was such a buildup and they covered like a lot of ground. Yes. So in the first one, it's they're on a date. Um, Piper's like really trying to keep it sexy because she doesn't want to get attached and doesn't want to lead him on. And he is very um, focused on being like, no, like this is not what I invited you over here for. I want to get to know you. But then she kind of like goes nuclear and takes out her titties pours champagne all over them oh, and then it's like off so to the races odd. yeah so like he's licking champagne off her naked body I and mean, this is what i as i was writing i was like i'm getting jolts just writing this uh he's licking champagne off her cleavage um this is where we learned that he's a dirty talker so that was really exciting
0: um there's a few lines we just have to read because they kill me do you have them up yes well this is a different sex scene okay
1: though. okay Um, This is also where we learn that he hasn't had sex since his wife died like seven years ago. So then she stops him from like going down on her and then she immediately starts giving him head. And I am like, kudos to you, Brendan, for not immediately exploding. Because if you haven't had sex in seven years. I know. And this super hot chick is going down on you, like... That's a lot of self-restraint. I bet he's a really good ship captain. He really
0: is. You know what I loved in this scene? One thing I did highlight is she says, um, "He, you know, he's like grabbing her ass and she says, you're an ass man, I guess. And he it says, he shook his head. No, Piper. I'm a this ass man. I highlighted that too. <laughs> uh, he just says all the right things. Yeah, Most lovely. guys would be like, uh-huh, I am an ass man. And he's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm a this ass I, man. I did love that. And I was that. like, Brendan, mm,
1: mm, yeah. mm. The only tiny issue I—I I mean, it was like such a minuscule issue I had with the sex scene—is like I just really wish authors, um, maybe, would avoid the need to describe the shape and weight of testicles. It's like I don't. So the quote was, "There's no." She's talking about like how manly his dick is, and she says, "There's no other way to describe the unapologetic weight and steel of him—the thick black hair at the base and the heavy sack." <laughs> Cause then my mind just goes to like comically large testicles. You know what I mean? Totally true. Yeah. And like I just like we could skip over that. We can just assume, if you unless you tell me otherwise, yeah. I'm gonna assume testicles are there. Yeah, And they can just like they can just be there. They, they can, can just hang. They can just literally hang. I don't need to incorporate them <laughs> into my fantasy of just like. I mean, but what a description. Balls. What a description. Know, up until the end. Mm. Yeah. Um, this is also the sex scene where before he comes he goes down on her, and while he's doing it, he jerks off with her thong. Yes. Which, like, lubrication-wise, I'm not quite sure how that works. Yes. But ultimately, it got us all there.
0: It did. It really did. Yeah.
1: And she has her first orgasm with a partner, which is a big deal for her. Because she's like, this is the first time I didn't have to fake it. Yeah. Which, like, girl, we've all been there. We've all been there. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 10 out of 10, I thought this was a fantastic sex scene. I agree.
0: And based on how long they built it up, she really gave a lot of detail. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I can't even decide what my favorite sex scene is, but I'm going to read... I, ha- I just think the dirt, some of the dirty talk from Ooh. their sex scene at the hospital was yes. just so excellent. So, yeah. you know, he... The boat has an accident. She doesn't know who's hurt, and she rushes to the hospital and, um, you know, luckily finds out that it is not Brendan, mm-hmm. and basically just wild, erotic, and loving sex ensues in one of the hospital rooms because they just can't wait to get their hands on each other. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, this line killed me. So he goes, Notice we didn't have to get any panties off, he said in between kisses, finding her incredible ass with both hands and kneading her buns almost angrily. Because, <laughs> Jesus, this thing drove him fucking crazy. You drive here in my truck with a bare pussy, Piper? She bit his bottom lip and tugged. I slept in your bed with it, too.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. Him just saying, you, you rode here with a bare pussy. Jolts, jolts, <laughs> fucking jolts.
1: I gotta be honest, buns pulled me out of that a little I bit. I kind
0: of want to take that part out of what yeah. you said, because it wasn't that part. Buns is not sexy. It's not sexy. Well you gotta read the whole thing. Damn it. Uh... But then, I also loved, and then later on, she says to him, are my thighs open wide enough for you, Captain? And I was like, fucking get it, Piper. (laughs) Lay that pipe. He said, you came here to be neighborly, huh, Piper? Is there anything neighborly about the way I'm giving you this cock? I mean, that was hot as fuck. I loved it. Yeah. So I wouldn't even say that that was my favorite sex scene, but the dirty talk from that scene really, really did it for me. Yeah. As someone who worked at a hospital for seven years, there is no way... I would ever have sex at a hospital <laughs> and that whole thing like in that sense really didn't do it for me. Yeah. But the dirty talk.
1: Wait, so working in a hospital, like, you know, in Grey's Anatomy, they're all fucking. Right? Exactly. Which I know is a, is hyperbole, but or an exaggeration.
0: Did you ever hear of people fucking in the on-call room or? No.
1: Really disappointing.
0: I would like to think a children's hospital has like <laughs> slightly more decorum than an adult hospital. Um Grey's Anatomy had a pediatric floor. Yeah, and we all see where what happened to each character. <laughs> no, like in theory, obviously like hot doctor, da da da. da. But like yeah. they had sex in an ICU room in this book <laughs> and wildly
1: like, inappropriate.
0: And like I worked <laughs> I worked in the pediatric ICU and there's just nothing. Yeah. There's nothing there that would uh, do that for yeah. me.
1: I also just like that, you know, one of the men on his ship were, was like so horrifically injured that he had to go to the ICU. And then once we find out it wasn't him, never
0: to be discussed again. <laughs> Literally. Did that guy die? Whatever. Who knows? All we cared about was that she drove over with a bear pussy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
1: that, that sex scene is also important because that's the first time she
0: has a vaginal orgasm. Yes. Oh, I actually highlighted that. Um... <laughs> I wrote, "Realist combo ever." She goes home and she's talking to her sister. It says, "Piper reached over and clutched Hannah's knee. Hannah, he dot dot dot. He gave me a vaginal orgasm." Her sister almost dropped her coffee. What? Like, you climax just from penetration? Yes, Piper whispered, fanning her face. It was like. I thought, maybe? And then, no way. But then, yes. Yes, yes, fucking yes! Against a wall. A wall, (laughs) Hands. She closed her eyes and added, it was the most wonderful sex of my life. And he didn't even break a sweat. Oh, Piper, Hannah shook her head. You are so fucked. (laughs) And I was like, that's the realest combo I've ever heard. Yeah,
1: yeah. Except if someone came and told me that, I'd be like, nope, you're lying. Yeah. Stop talking to me, you're fucking lying. I'd be like, can
0: I... Um, give him a try. Like what's <laughs> okay. is he open? <laughs> <laughs> him a try. What's the line situation like? Yeah. Is it Are you feeling open to sharing? <laughs> do you have to sign
1: up on the internet or can you just get him? <laughs> uh, the Man, sex scenes. I mean, other sex scenes are so good mm-hmm. and one of them she
0: um puts her finger in his butt. Thank you for getting to my next question. Oh yeah. Cause I really do want to discuss the two extremely casual occurrences <laughs> of a Piper putting her finger in Brendan's butt mm-hmm. and two Brendan tossing Piper salad.
1: Yeah. Both done without asking. Both just yeah. done. No prep.
0: Yeah just it just happens
1: also um tessa bailey describes it as his puckered entrance and that i'm like word i'm very specific about words and yeah i don't i don't need the butthole to be described as a puckered entrance get used
0: to it that's how it's typically described <laughs> god damn it yeah yeah okay okay so tell me what you thought about that i mean in the context
1: i'm like fuck yeah you know like i like that she's um, adventurous. I like that she. I think there's like such a stigma around um, a finger in the puckered entrance. <laughs> um, <laughs> having said that, off limits. 110,000% off limits. Keep all digits away from my puckered entrance. But. Uh, I like it in stories and I like that he was like down for it, you know, like I he know. didn't make, I remember first learning about that when I was like way too young, maybe like 10 or 11 or 12 in Sex in the City oh. when Miranda does it to a guy and he likes it until she brings it up. She's trying to do dirty talk and she's like, oh, you like it when I stick my finger in your asshole? And he's like, whoa, I'm not gay. You know, I all totally that
0: remember that. Internalized
1: this. homophobia. Yeah um so it it was like actually really hot to see a guy like before it
0: yeah i don't think you could pay me to put my finger in a guy's butt (laughs) like literally terrified absolutely not men's buttholes i think you should be (laughs) i think you fucking should be do you know uh, i don't remember what the statistic was but i like oh my god wait i don't know what
1: statistic you're about to tell me (laughs) but i'm really excited that there's a statistic coming this way
0: I think I made that up, but I saw some sort of I don't video know what the research is saying, or statistic but... about like, like majority of guys don't even like take soap and wash their like, <laughs> but in balls, they just like let like water and soap just like run down their body. Oh my God. But like, think about that. We know it's true. Like we just know that's true from me saying it.
1: <laughs> I mean, it feels really true. It feels right. Um, I'm really glad I don't have to interact with anyone who doesn't do
0: that but that's, Same. Repulsive. Same. that's repulsive That's repulsive so yeah. no you're not going to pay me but you know what piper go you and you know what brendan go you yeah so the salad tossing yeah what are your thoughts on salad tossing i mean
1: so for anyone who doesn't know yeah. salad tossing is when you lick the fuckered entrance <laughs> which is the only way we'll talk about buttholes
0: <laughs> no. i you just sound you sound like a professor mm. <laughs>
1: The salad tossing 101. <laughs> you approach the
0: puckered entrance. <laughs> just like, oh, like the whim with which they do it. I just can't even imagine. Mm. There's no preparation and just like doing it. And she's just I like, know. I know. It's, this, it's the no preparation for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've talked about anal sex and anal play in previous episodes. And that's mm-hmm. what it always comes down to. I just feel like if that was going to be my journey, <laughs> I would need... Many steps in the journey prior.
1: Yeah. Like I would start reducing fiber intake pretty early on. <laughs> <laughs> Just have like a lot of wet wipes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe start lights off. Work our way with like a dimmer. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: But you know what? It worked. It. I know. I mean it did it for me. It did it for it me. It really makes you want to be more adventurous. It really does. And yeah. I don't know if I would really do it. I'm not sure I have the... Want. Yeah. But it does, in theory, it makes me want to try. I mean, the reality is we just have so much
1: life ahead of us. So, like, I think lots of things will happen to our book. We're not even ready to think about
0: it. We're just not, we don't need to get there yet. Yeah, let's let's look ahead of ourselves. We have, like, so many other holes to explore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So many more entrance holes. Exactly. um, Not exit holes. Yes, exactly. So many.
0: Okay, that should be an inspirational poster. Can you make it? So many holes to explore. (laughs) (laughs) Let's bring it more serious, Amanda. Okay. Tell me how you felt about the nature of Brendan's job. Do you think you could handle being the partner of someone whose job is so dangerous? Um
1: no, Uh, I don't think so. Because (laughs) yeah, yeah, I just I I run anxious. So same. Yeah, I mean I get I get anxious when my husband goes out like backcountry skiing, you know? Oh, uh, as you should. Yeah. Honestly. So every day. And I like the independence that the job requires, right? Yeah. Like you need to really be able to have your own life. Yeah. Um, which I think is great and it's very much how my husband and I live our lives. Like we're very independent. But no, that's too much. Like to not see them more than you see them, I, I wouldn't want to be I in a know, relationship like that. Because
0: it's not yep he's not seeing her more than he does see her a and b when he's not with her there's like high likelihood that he that something happens to the ship that Mm -hmm. him or someone else gets really injured or even dies if you remember like her father who she never knew died when she was four on this ship right so that would just there's no way i could do it
1: yeah i mean his house sounds adorable so like Oh, man, to give up a house, you know, that's that, that one's tough because it sounded really cute and he had a garden. But, um, no,
0: I couldn't do it. No, same. Yeah. Because
1: I also just like being in contact with my partner. Like, yeah. I like...
0: I know, because you can't even communicate. There's yes. no service on the You're not no. texting. You're not calling. You're not FaceTiming. Like, it is zero communication. Yeah. That's too much for me. Uh -uh. No, I couldn't do it. When my husband goes out of town for work, which is frequently, I'm like, put your phone on loud all night (laughs) if I need to call you. It needs to wake you up. Like, to know that if I tried to reach him, he couldn't even answer my call would not work for me.
1: So someone who has that type of job, like thinking of Brendan.
0: Yeah. Do you think
1: it was selfish of Brendan to ask her to stay? That is actually
0: my last question oh, and shit. to ask you if you think she made the right decision to give up her life in LA and, and to move there what I like about Brendan is that the entire time that he is thinking about wanting her to stay and getting up to asking her and all of that mm-hmm. he realizes how much he is asking her to give up mm-hmm. at no point in time is he like what the hell like this should be an easy decision you're over that life and I'm better but never he's always like How can I make this worth her while? This is a big Mm -hmm. ask. So I really appreciated that about him. And the reason I think it works is because Piper wants it. She ends up falling in love with Westport. Mm -hmm. She realizes that the life she had back in LA is really not what she wants. And even though she still has those parts of her. She doesn't want to be this, like, socialite, post everything for Instagram likes. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that she doesn't like attention or compliments. But right. she doesn't want to live this influencer lifestyle anymore. Mm-hmm. Kind of like an empty life. Yeah, it was completely empty and not fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it was selfish because she clearly wanted it too. Yeah. And in the end, I love that he's like, I would make anything work. If she wants to be in L.A., I will find a different port to dock my ship. and be closer to her you know he's really willing to to make it work also side note he like has millions and millions of dollars because apparently that's what fishermen make so like he could really make anything happen
1: yeah Yeah. so in the
0: end um i mean like technically it's kind of selfish but in this story i would say no because she really had nothing else going on (laughs) and she met the love of her life and fell in love with the town of Westport. Yeah. And was like, Yay, this is what I want.
1: I actually really liked that, um see again, like I just think Tessa Bailey did such a good job of like really fleshing out these characters mm-hmm. and creating Um, A lot of context for the decision. Because even before she and Brendan really got serious, she, I mean, Piper had like this really cute relationship with this old man who she would run to every morning and walk him up his steps. Yeah. She reconnected with her grandmother and like brought her out and made her more social and she connected with, so it was like, and then she has the bar. Yeah. So I think like she really had, she was able to develop a lot of different roots That, so it wasn't just like, okay, I'm staying for a guy. It was like, I'm staying for like the life I created for myself here. Exactly. Exactly. yeah
0: So, I think I would, I would do that for, yeah, I would, I would do the same, make the same decision if that was me. I mean, it wasn't me. If you
1: were her. Yes. And you were faced with this decision, right? Yeah. And Brendan was exactly as he presented in the book. Everything was exactly the same, except he was really into sounding
0: Would you make the same decision? (laughs) No. Because we would have run for the motherfucking hills. But what if he gave you vaginal orgasms? I'm sorry. I would just think something is really psychologically not there for him to want me to stick my finger in his pee hole. You're really kink shaming. I don't think I'm kink shaming. Sounding people. I've never. Is that a kink? Yes. That's what I'm saying. It's a thing. Okay. What does it say that it does? Like, is there a pleasure center in there? That's the thing, like I need to understand how this kink works to decide if I'm there for it or if I think it's like a psychological impairment, mommy issues, yeah, um, daddy issues,
1: yeah. There's a study on it. Uh, there's there's a there's a lot we would need to sift through in the internet to really. Um, Oh, WebMD, what to know about urethral sounding. Mm. The pursuit of sexual satisfaction has led to an emerging practice among men known as urethral sounding. This practice involves inserting a glass or metal object or fluid into the urethra. The aim is to enhance sexual pleasure by encouraging your partner to explore your penis in several ways. But health specialists have seen an increase in cases of urethral infections, complaints, and sexual function
0: issues. Exactly. So there is not a pleasure center. And in fact, it's called pee hole sounding. (laughs) So I don't really feel like that's kink shaming on my end. Okay, I'm just saying it. Yeah, I don't, it
1: doesn't say anything about, it just Amanda, says it heightens sexual pleasure, but that's really just someone bopping even around your wiener. can't argue with me right <laughs> now. She's like, like I'll, uh. i around your wiener you want me to like, yeah, like, like a cat uh, with a little string ball. That's you know, the thing,
0: like, I can explore and play with that thing all day. I mean, I love pretending it's little Nintendo stick. We'll just like, rar, You
1: know? I like to play Smash the Town. When it's, like, half hard, half limp, and you lift it up, and then you go, like, "Ah, evacuate the school children, and then you drop it, and it, like, thuds.
0: I love you, and I agree, but the fact that you're, like, evacuate the fucking school children. It's all part of the act. Um, Anyway. See, we could do that. We don't need to stick our finger in a pee hole. (laughs) So, yes, if this was happening to me, but he asked for that, I would have gone back to LA immediately. Mm, Wow. What would you have done? I mean, it's not, it's not. They're not inserting it in my pee hole. So you're gonna put your finger in a pee hole? Brendan was pretty sexy. He's he is he sexy. He made to you cum vaginally. Okay, but he is. Here's what you're not understanding. He's still sexy to you if you watched him insert a glass rod into his own dick. <clears throat> that turns you on. It doesn't turn me on, but I would. But it I doesn't would, turn you off. I'd white knuckle through it
1: to get some of that stand up. Oh. <laughs>
0: I would fuck him once, and then I would leave. <laughs> Fine, I'll be honest. <laughs> I mean, who are you pretending to be here? Fine, one time. Okay, one
1: time. Deal. Only. <laughs> you can take him once, and then I'll take him forever.
0: Okay. Have fun with that. Um, growing pee. Ho- He's gonna like fucking pee. Yeah, he, it's gonna be a shower spray by the time he stretched that thing out. <laughs> Disgusting. I guess I didn't think of it not going back. Yeah. To its good luck. Stuff. That's the whole point. Like, they stretch it like out. A hydrant hose. L- have fun with have fun with that
1: i I didn't say i'd marry the guy uh you kind of did you said you'd have him forever after Uh, i had him
0: once i have millions of dollars (laughs) all right what would you rate this book amanda um
1: so i would say for just like story yeah like a solid eight yeah. Right? I think there are like, some holes in the story, but overall, like, adorable. Yeah. Um, For sexiness, I would say, like, 9.5 out of 10. If yeah.
0: not 10 out of 10. I know. I agree, actually. I would say I'd give it, like, an 8.5 for the story and a 9, 9.5 for the sex scenes. Yeah. And surprisingly, because I honestly liked it better as a second-time read. I know. And there is a sequel to this book, but you can read this yeah. as a standalone if you want. There is mm-hmm. a sequel that involves her sister Hannah, so I guess we would find out... A little bit more about her like vinyl loving ways <laughs> um we we both have read that sequel too we would say this book is better yeah i
1: did not like the sequel yeah i thought the sequel was a real letdown, To be yeah honest. it was almost as if like tessa felt like she needed to write like a typical romance and left out a lot of the erotica and i was like tessa, oh, no, that's no why i don't remember anything Yeah, no besides being like, like
0: mm. yeah like no <laughs> one's here for that no one <laughs> yeah okay so what is our book for next episode so next week's
1: book will be sweet distraction by Lainey davis so that's l-a-i-n-e-y and then davis i don't know how else you would spell that Lainey davis sweet distraction
0: i'm excited neither you know, of us have
1: read this no yeah i'm actually really excited i like when i like when we're reading a book for the first time
0: together. i know me too yeah what else do we have to tell you guys
1: Nothing. Follow us on Instagram. Interact with us, please, so it looks like
0: we have listeners. Yeah, guys, we need you to comment. We need you to like. We need you to give us five-star reviews on Spotify. Yes, yeah. Again, if you want to give us less than five stars, just forget we asked you to do anything <laughs> and only give us five stars. Yeah, if you don't like us. Like, I us, don't know if those stars do anything, but... They make us look good. They make us look good, and we're yeah. all about the image. We're, we're very Piper <laughs> exactly. when it comes to our uh, Instagram For Erotically Neurotic. Exactly. Follow us at Erotically Neurotic Podcast and email us at Erotically neuroticpodcast at gmail.com and we will talk to you guys next time. All right. Love you. Love you. Thank you for being a part of our Erotically Neurotic community. Don't forget to email your book recommendations, book club questions, and or any erotic stories, embarrassing moments, or sexual triumphs you want to share. Email us at eroticallyneuroticpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at eroticallyneuroticpodcast.
1: Hi there, Amanda here. I think it's worth noting that any and all thoughts shared in these episodes are a reflection of my own personal and constantly evolving opinions and not that of my profession or licensing board. While I am a therapist, I am not your therapist. Therefore, nothing I say in this podcast should be taken as therapy advice or guidance. Thank you so much for being a part of our sexy book club and tune in next week for our next episode.